Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Welcome to the Follow the Brand Podcast. I am your host, Grant McGall, CEO of Five Star BDM, where we help you to build a five-star brand that people will follow. Ranked number two in the world, author of over eight books, over 25 years of experience, has worked with over 1,000 brands in 36 countries. My next guest, Dr. Jerome Joseph, has the winning formula to help you with your personal brand. Jerome Joseph, CSP's experience as a publicly listed brand agency CEO has led him to work with some of the biggest global brands, including Dell, Standard Chartered, Pfizer, BASF, and many more. He is an award-winning global speaker on branding and in 2018 was recognized as one of the top 30 global gurus worldwide for branding. He is the only Asian-based in Asia on the list. Additionally, he was ranked number two as a global brand thought leader in 2020. Dr. Joseph talks about creating strategic communications with certainty to drive the customer experience. He builds his brand message on four key pillars, clarity, credibility, consistency, and connection. He focuses on storytelling that ties in critical points to involve his audience with high execution of emotional intelligence to build brand trust. Dr. Jerome Joseph is a brand experience strategist, brand coach, and best-selling author. His experience with world-acclaimed brands has led him to become one of the early pioneers of internal branding, an employee and company culture-focused approach to branding and driving brand across people, customers, and organizations. With more than 20 years of branding experience, Jerome is a master in innovative brand differentiation and creating extraordinary branded experiences. Jerome runs programs and keynotes ranging from internal branding, building brand champions in your organization, brand mastery, strategies to build a world-class brand, branded customer experience, 
personal branding and agent brand strategies based on lessons from the top 30 agent brands. His cutting edge thinking, solid case studies, and systematic approach to brand building have enthralled audiences worldwide, making each of his programs genuinely memorable. His love for storytelling and talent for distilling experiences into succinct, bite-sized lessons has garnered rave reviews from clients. Dr. Jerome holds the Certified Speaking Professional CSP designation, held by the top 12% of speakers worldwide as an award for speaking expertise. He was awarded the prestigious Global Speaking Fellow in 2015 as the second Singaporean to earn this award and the 30th speaker worldwide to achieve this. Currently, less than 1% of speakers globally hold this type of designation. He also holds the Practicing Management Consulting PMC designation awarded to experienced industry veterans in consulting. Let us welcome Dr. Jerome Joseph to the Follow Brand Podcast, where we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Follow Brand Podcast. You know, I have a lot of different series. I've had the Technology Innovation Series, what we're doing now. We've had personal branding. We've had career development. We've had business development. And we had financial empowerment. And we started also doing some executive presence. Now, I would, my next guest, I think he owns the stage of executive presence. He owns the stage. He owns the stage in branding. He's ranked. He says he's ranked number two. I'm going to give him that number one spot in 2022. I'm going to go, go out there and say this year he gets the crown because of what he does, he's so impassionate about how he delivers his message to audiences all over the world. He's known all over the world. I think he's delivered messages in 30, 35 different countries, worked with a lot of different organizations and, 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 and companies of, of note. And he's on the follow the brand tonight. We're going to have a candid conversation with Dr. Jerome Joseph and find out a little bit more about what makes him tick. So Dr. Jerome Joseph, we'd like to introduce yourself. Hey, Grant, thanks for having me on the show. My name is Jerome, Dr. Jerome, Dr. J. <laughs> and I've been doing this now for 25 years. Interesting, you said 35 countries. Last month, I actually spoke and worked with a client in my country number 36, which was South Africa in Johannesburg. It was country number 36. So I've been doing this for a long time. I've worked with over a thousand clients. I've written eight books on the topic of branding, personal branding, branding and customer experience, brand and strategy. I live, eat, breathe branding. <laughs> and as you said, I, I'm passionate. I'm, I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do. I love making a difference. I love, I love sharing my message um, and helping organizations transform. Well, I tell you, Dr. J, I'm going to call you Dr. J. I like that. Dr. J. <laughs> you <strong>. can. <laughs> Let's talk about brand because I mean, you could have did probably anything you wanted to do in this world. You've got, you're a very intelligent person and you took on branding, which, and I love how if anyone has tuned into your, your, your talks, they've tuned into your YouTube, the things that you're doing, 
you, I love the way you step back in the strategy and help people understand. We're not talking about just the design aspects of branding. We're talking about a lot of the thought process of the purpose and helping people to develop to, to define their scope, to understand before they launch forward. What got you so intrigued in the very beginnings? What attracted you to brand to branding in the beginning? So actually, I was 14 years old. Um, and and um, I was a very naughty kid. So I had an auntie who was working in an ad agency. And my parents went to her and said, please, he needs to work. He needs to let out this naughtiness. And so she brought me to an ad agency when I was 14. And my job, I, was only, I only had one job, serve coffee. <laughs> That's all I had to do. I go to the pantry. They taught me how to make a cup of coffee. And I used to serve it to all the bosses. But that was the, the trigger at 14 years old, sitting down and looking at campaigns. And even at 14, I should, you know, they, they'll be having a mastermind meeting for a campaign. And I'll go and I'll look and I go, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> like, who is this 14-year-old kid pointing at a multi-million dollar campaign and saying it's not going to work? <laughs> so that's that, that was the trigger. Um, um, my, I come from a family of lawyers, so my dad, as any Indian parent would, <laughs> you know, he said, you're either going to be a doctor or an, an engi- a medical doctor <laughs> or, or, or an engineer or a lawyer. And when it was time for me to go to university, I said, I want to I wanna learn communication. I want to learn branding. There wasn't a branding course back then in my time, but the closest we had was a course on strategic communication, strategic communication, and there was a marketing module, a branding module, and I was really, really intrigued by it. And I told my dad, I, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be an engineer. I don't want to be a medical doctor. I want to be a marketing, branding, communication. I didn't know what it called it back then, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend the rest of my life helping organizations communicate. That's, that's intriguing. And I, I get that because I understand what you're saying, because if you've got a legacy there of professionals, which is great, uh, uh, being lawyers, being you know doctors, engineers, that type of thing. And people like, well, Brandy, even though I think now branding these days have has come full circle, that you cannot have yeah. a business without having a, an effective marketing uh, department, a chief marketing officer and someone who actually you know, understands the messaging that's external to the organization as well as internal to the organization. Branding has becoming more of an essential element to everything. Mm. And I I say that because here I am, I've been in the IT industry 20, 25 years, and I work for a company called uh, Avaya, and they used to be part of Lucent Technologies. And because they were the uh, monopoly when it came to the telephone company, their branding was awful. Their branding went something like this. No, if you let's just say they 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 sold um uh chicken, so like a KFC, like Kentucky Fried Chicken or something like that, they would say, Come get cold dead chicken here. That was their branding. <laughs> You'd be like, Oh my god, that's so awful. <laughs> it was what <laughs> people had to buy because of a, a monopoly. Then they had yeah. to start to change, and other companies that did it better, they started really kind of taking them out of business. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that because you went, how did you get to that corporate brand? Were you just doing branding for businesses? Were you doing it for 
personal branding or now you're doing both? So it, so my first job, it's, it's interesting, right? I mean, you know, as I was, I was kind of playing in a star when I got Dr. J interesting enough. Um, my, when I was in university, my first job was a professional disc jockey, a DJ. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> And my and my and my Monica was was Dr. J. I mean, I wasn't a, I didn't have my, my 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 doctorate then, but it was like, oh, I'm Dr. J, kind of like Dr. Dre kind of thing, right? Right. So I was Dr. J. So that was my first job, um, you know, w- working in a club, right, as a DJ. But I also worked. My first job was in a in a brand consulting company. So in the in in the day, I was I was a brand. Con- I it was more of a marketing consulting firm, and in the in the, at night, I was I was a DJ. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. But, so I, I juggle two jobs, right? Um, one of the things I talk about in branding is that you got to have focus. Um, and I and I realized there's a whole story around it. If you ever look me up on YouTube, you'll see a story around um, my how I dropped being a DJ and focused on branding. But essentially, I started working as in a marketing firm, and we were helping organizations communicate. So essentially, we're talking ad campaigns, videos. Uh, design and, and a whole whole bunch of stuff to get the brand out there. But here was the challenge when I was working in this company, and this was probably in 1996, 97, I, I believe, is the word brand wasn't used. They, they kind of used it loosely, but it, there was no strategic thought behind it. A lot of it was very tactical, meaning that an organization goes and go, we need help. And someone says, yes, let's put on an ad. Let's let's get you a nice new logo. Let's Let's get you a nice video. And that was the solution to branding, which I completely didn't agree. Because as you rightly pointed out, Grant, branding is a strategic process. And so one of the things that I did to evolve the business of my agency back then was to move into a very strategic process looking at branding. Meaning that there was there is a framework to it, there's research, there's data, there's insight to help you build and create your brand. And it's not, and, and that data and insight helps you then drive tactical. So that's kind of where I started, right? Looking at organizations and helping them. Now, in 2007, I or was it, it was 2005, I, I remember, I had an individual come up to me and said this to me. He said, you know, um, I see all the work that you're doing for organizations. Could you do it for me? I go, for you? This is 2005, for you? And he was an entrepreneur. He started his business, but he felt that personally, he, he had a strong brand himself. And that's when I wrote my first, uh, it wasn't my first book. My first book was in 2005, but in 2007, I wrote a book on personal branding because I realized that I could take everything that I've, I'm doing for organizations, evolve it, adapt it, and use it for an individual. And that's when the personal branding side of my business started to evolve. So there is corporate branding, there's service branding, there's product branding, and then there is personal branding. And and to answer your question, it evolved into personal branding. I do both. I still do both today, but I speak the same language. There's a strategy that you apply for an organization can also work to a certain degree for an individual. I totally agree with that. I think personal branding is more in vogue now than it's ever been because of the digital revolution. You've had yeah. such a uh, increase in social media, such an increase in search 
that the digital realm, when a person is going, their first impression of you as a person, just like with a business, is going to be digital. So if your digital presence is not um, where it needs to be. And I, I tell people all the time, like, well, if you go to an office, right, let's just say you're interviewing for a job, most likely you're going to put your best foot forward. You're going to look the part in which you're looking to apply. Now, if I look at your digital profile, am I going to see that same thing? Because Dr. Joseph could be looking directly at my profile. And I guarantee you, if I wasn't up to stuff and he said, Grant McGall, follow the brand. Let me take a look. And like, this guy's on his hammock. I don't think I want to be associated with that. So, <laughs> you know, so you it, it, it's a lot of stuff. And now as we get ready for Web 3.0 and these virtual worlds and interacting digitally is going to be so, so on point. Thinking about avatar societies. You got to think about how you per, are perceived and what that perception is as it becomes reality. But I'm going to ask you this question. I think it's an important question. And I'm going to ask this. Why you? Why have you, Dr. Joseph, been so successful? Why has so many companies chosen you to lead their branding and marketing initiatives over and over again through many different countries with many different audiences? What is your superpower? You know, I don't think it's a superpower. I think it's a formula. Mm. Um, and, and the formula is, is brand trust. You know, there was, some, there was a survey that I was just lo- looking at yesterday by Edelman, which is a PR agency. And they said that 81% of people buy based on trust. 81% of people buy based on trust. Now, I've, I've taken that and I said, I, I've put an extra dimension to it. And I said, I used the word brand trust. And in essence, brand trust, I actually have a formula around it, which I... Have, I'm writing in my new book, brand trust essentially is what why people want to do business with you, why people want to look you up, why people want to continue to do business with you. And it's on the basis of four crucial things. You want to hear it, my yes, friend? Yes, yes, let's well, hear it. Let's hear it. Four things. It's very easy. Number one, it's clarity. Clarity is, is when someone comes to you, your LinkedIn profile online, they are very clear what you do. They're very clear who you are, what you represent. And that's a problem you realize today. Many people, if you go and look at them, you know, you see all kinds of stuff. Whereas if you Google Dr. Jerome Joseph or Jerome Joseph, you know exactly what I am, what I talk about, like what you said at the start. You look at my videos, you get a sense of who I am. So number one is it's clarity. Number two is credibility. Credibility means that you need to now show this audience why they should, why they should believe you. And I do that if you if you realize when you started the program, you asked me a question. Tell me a little bit about your background. And in fact, when you introduced me, you said 35 countries and multi-brands. I I share this over and over again. I talk about my 36 countries, I talk about the thousand brands, I talk about my eight books, and I do that strategically because it helps build credibility. Mm-hmm. So trust is a basis of why should I believe you? Mm. And if you are able to show this over and over again, why you're credible, trust goes up. Number, number three is consistency. And consistency really is about you doing this in all the different channels consistently, being able to show your brand. So if I come to your LinkedIn page, if I come to your Facebook page, if I come to your website, if I meet you in a conference, they need to see the same brand being showcased every single time. 
Like if I tell someone, when you get Dr. Jerome Joseph on stage, you're going to get someone who's passionate about branding. I need to show up every single time and show passion about branding. Like what I'm doing right now, even though it's early in the morning in Singapore, but I have to show up and I have to give it, right? Because that's what my brand represents. And, and the final thing is connection. And connection is about relationships. It's really about building and, and, and cultivating those relationships. So the clients that work with me, you know, the first three C's, the clarity, the consistency, the credibility, I build all of that. But I continue to give extra value. I continue to give and spend time and cultivate. If they put a, for example, if, they, if a client of mine puts something on social media, I'll be the first one to go and comment and say something. If they share something powerful, I'll be the first one to go and share and, and to, my, to my network. So I'm always looking at adding value to my connections. And that's the basis of brand trust. That's the formula. That's, that's the book that's going to come out. And brand trust drives that. It drives trust. And when you have that trust, Grant, that's where you get business. People call you, pick up, pick up the phone. People, people want to hire you. They know if, if Dr. Jerome Joseph is going to turn up, they know without a question or doubt, they're going to get 100%. I that's why I said it's, it's the formula. <laughs> you, your formula is working and it's working at a large, you know, very large and a very consistent level because you've been in the business for, you know, two plus decades. I think that says a lot for itself and that you've established that trust. Your credibility is there. They already know when you're walking into the office what they're working with. And then they see the work. You see the work, you know, the before and after. This is before, you know, Dr. Joseph worked with us. This is the after. This is what we where we're at now. And one thing that I really like, I resonated with me, is that how you speak to your audiences, how you get them involved with your story by sharing yourself, by sharing things that are very um, personal to you and connecting that to the audience. Yeah, I just saw one of your YouTube videos and you had that crowd say to themselves, have no fear, have no fear. Because, you know, we, we live in a world that there is a lot of uncertainty and people yeah. are wondering, am I doing the right thing? Is this the road that I need to be on? And then there's the right side and the left side. Do I go forward or do I go backward? There's just a lot of indecision. And you seem like, you know, let's take that away right now. Let's have no fear. Let me share some of my, my story with you so then you can get clarity because I like how you said, how did you get into that mode and realize this is a way to touch your audience? You know, when I first started speaking, I used to tell other people's stories. And there's nothing wrong with telling someone else's stories, but I realized that it, it wasn't, it didn't feel authentic, if, if you know what I mean, Grant. Right, you know, I I tell a story that I read somewhere. It's it's I, I and I do I do a good job of it, but it didn't feel it didn't feel authentic. And I and I truly believe that the best stories, the ones that you experience yourself, because you could take that stories and the audience, you know, and the audience is smart. They know. Right? If I tell a story about Steve Jobs, they would have read it themselves. When I tell a story about Dr. Jerome Joseph and what I've been through, and I relate it back to a concept or, or a message, 
then it becomes, it's my story. They feel it. The audience feels it. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect because the authenticity yeah. comes out. You know, you could easily said a story around, you know what? I just got my doctorate and I completed it, you know, in four or five years. I started in 2015. End of story. But no, Absolutely. you connected that completely with how your the relationship with your father, how he wanted you to get your doctorate. You put it off. You took time. And then fortunately, um, you know, he, he passed. And then you look back at that, like, I'm going to complete this. I'm going to complete this, even though I, I'm already successful. I don't really need to do it, but I do need to do it because it completes the cycle of experience that I had with my father. And that is powerful. That shows you are a genuine human being and that you have values and that, you know, you, those values are important to you. And I know you're a recent father. You can tell the audience now you're a new father again. You want to talk it's about the, who you got in your house? The Ibex that gave it away. I even use a story um, about my my daughter's birth, and you know my my first. I, this is my second kid, but I even use that in my story. In fact, I just started using it, and I just did it. I did a keynote um, last week to about eight hundred people, mm-hmm. and and I used that story. I I use the story of my daughter's birth, um, and and again, I mean that's that's what I do, right? I look around me, I look around at the world, I look at my experiences, and I go, what have I learned from it? But most importantly, is not just what I learn is what I can give to the audience so that they get something from it. So when I when I told the story about my daughter's birth, people were just sobbing in the audience, right? They were just sobbing because it, it's, 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 a, it's a tough story and people were sobbing. But I, I believe that's what makes me, that's what makes me me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you tell those stories. Now, it doesn't mean I don't talk, tell stories about brands around the world that I work with. I do. So if you, if you, if you work with me in a keynote, I'm giving examples of brands from around, but I, in all of that, you will always have the Dr. Jerome Joseph experience. There will always be that personal story and the story that relates back to the big overarching idea or concept behind the keynote. Well, I tell you, storytelling is big now. You hear it all the time. Everybody's story, story, story. But knowing yeah. how to tell a story and really put yourself in the story, I tell you, you know, it's like you're in, you're, you've transported yourself into that visual experience and you're there and you can see it you can feel it you can touch it you can you can get into the emotion and the feelings and the drive and then everybody wonder well how does this turn out what what happens next are you successful are you not successful all those things are part of an intriguing story and i tell my audience a lot of times each and every one of you have a story everybody in this world and if if somebody raised their hand that this has not happened that they have some peril in their life, yeah. that they overcome a challenge at some point in their life. Yeah. And that 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 is a story that yeah. needs to be told because someone else will go through something similar to that. Sometimes you don't see like, is there a way out? Where does this yeah. end? And if someone else has related that story and talked through that story, and not necessarily does it, you know, you get the big pot of gold at the end of the story, but there is some resolution. There is some peace and some tranquility yeah. that does occur at some point in your life. So it's very important that each and every one of us tell our story, learn to tell our story. And then we need people like yourself 
that can tell a story not only as a of an individual, but of a corporation. Because a corporation has a story as well. Yeah. As you start thinking about these stories, what was your story through COVID? Think about those things. Are yeah. are you starting to get companies coming to you like we've got to change our brand because it's things are different? Yeah, and and there's one thing I want to add to the storytelling piece, Grant. Is yeah. the 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 story starts with you, but it's never about you. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group, keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique. They often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. Right. So it's it starts with you, right? So you tell your story, but it's never about you. And that's 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 for me it's the, it's the golden rule for storytelling. It's always about the listener. So you, the story has to be about them. So you could you could start off with a personal story, say, you know, maybe a personal setback. But then you've got to take that and, and you've got to give it, bring it back to the audience. And, and, and you need to say, put, like, get them to feel. So again, this is that, that secret sauce in storytelling. Many people come in with a very eye-centric, very eye-centric approach to storytelling. This is what happened to me. Look at me. Feel sorry for me. Goodbye. <laughs> no. That's not storytelling. Storytelling is here's my story. Feel it. Now let's let's talk about you. How how do you feel now? How does this relate back to you? So it's that's the key in storytelling. No, that and that's that's good advice. That's good advice. And I want to get back to because this is what I have found right now. Now we're kind of post-COVID, is that branding, the brands have to change and pivot because they have to connect to the people. And if the larger community's experience, their day-to-day experience has changed, it's changed. You've got a lot of people still working remotely. You've got some people coming out of remote work back to the office. That's different. There's a whole new you know, buzz around you know, virtual worlds, metaverses, and that's changing the brand. Do I go into this 3D world now? Do I do step back into 2D? What do I do next kind of thing? Are you starting to have those conversations? Absolutely. I mean, with organizers that I work with um, in, in Asia uh, and around the world, it's it's the same question, right? It's it's how do we deal with this new world? You know, even though COVID has been two years, but it's, it's still a new world, right? Yeah. And there's so yeah. much things that's happening all around. You look at the stock markets, you look at, the, the climate, you look at the, the war that's happening and, and there's all this doubt and uncertainty. There's even new viruses that are appearing all the time, the monkeypox, for example, a very a variant of COVID. So there's so much uncertainty, so much worry, I think, in the world today. And I think that's where brands can play a very powerful role. 
So a brand, a brand needs to be in many ways security, right? They, they need to be this safe place. So when I work with the SMEs or the small medium enterprises or even large organizations, as they share all these things with me, I go, think about the role that you play in the lives of your audiences. How can you, with amidst all the uncertainty, all the doubt, how can you be the certainty? How can you be the security? How can you be the trusted brand? And I believe that's what brands need to do today to be successful in this climate. That is a lofty goal. That is something to really think about. I too, I, I love to start with strategy first before you get into execution, because you have to step back and really get into your purpose and what it is that you're doing. I like how you just said that, like, what are the people doing with your product or service? What enables them to accomplish what it is that uh, they need to, to, to do? And, and that's what's it's important. And because that's changed, what your product or service is providing possibly needs to change as well, or the communication of it, or the repurposing of it, or whatever it might be. Because I think we're in a very volatile world. There, there's no no doubt about it. But Pulp, I want to know, so I understand how you got into Brandy. You've kind of told that story. But what's the story around public speaking why did you get into public speaking? <laughs> well, so again, I mean, you know, the childhood has a, has a big influence on it, and there's two parts of this story, right? When I was young, I used to, I used to be the storytelling champion in my school. So this is me, like seven years old, getting up and telling stories, and it was a public speaking competition, and I and I did a, such a good job telling stories that I used to win every competition in my school. And then they, they put me at national level and I was winning competitions at, at national level. So I've always had the, um, the gift of, of being on stage and, and telling stories. So that's kind of was cultivated when I was a kid. But this was the trigger, right? Because I never saw myself as a professional speaker. I never, never saw it. I saw myself as a consultant, yes. But in 2005, was a, was a, was was the year my life changed i was part of the global speaker summit now the global speaker summit is a summit where professional speakers come from all around the world it so happened to be in singapore where i live and when i was there i remember watching professional speakers from all around the world get on stage and share them share their message and i used to think i was good at speaking and that's what I used to think. But when I saw them, I realized that I wasn't the giant that I thought, but maybe I was really a tall dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> These were giants, right? And they were just, and they were so, so good on stage. And then I went to one of the speakers and I remember um, um, he, um, W. Mitchell is his name, right? So W. Mitchell, he's, 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 he's gone through, um, he's, he's from the, from the U.S. Um, he's, He's in a wheelchair because he had a plane crash. He's burnt off his face and his, his hands. He sits, he sits in a wheelchair. I remember going up to him because he was so brilliant on stage. And then I go, um, we started talking about, could you make money as a, as a professional speaker? <laughs> because, I mean, of course, I said, I've got a passion, but is this something I can do to make money? And then I asked him, I said, I said, Mitchell, I mean, can you make money? He goes, well, I make about, about, about 30 and I go, what, $30 a speech? He goes, no, a lot more. 
I go, so I thought, okay, maybe a lot more. I said, maybe what, 30,000 a year? And I was feeling sorry for him. Yeah. He goes, no, it's not a year. And I go, is it 30,000 a month? He goes, no, it's not 30,000 a month. And I go, then I, it hit me. It's 30,000 a speech. So he gets on stage, he speaks for 45 minutes and he gets paid 30,000 US dollars. Whoa. <laughs> and then I realized that, you know what? <laughs> what am I doing as a consultant? No, I'm kidding. I mean, I love being a consultant. <laughs> you did the math, right? <laughs> I, I love being a consultant, but I, I had a message, right? Because I was so passionate about branding. I was going, I was already going to organizations and speaking for free. Yeah, yeah. To help them. I was doing it for free. So if I work on a consulting gig and I will then say, let me talk to your staff. And they'll put all 300 staff in the room and I'll be telling them what we did with the project and what they need to do. So I was already doing it, but I didn't charge a penny. And then it hit me, whoa, <laughs> there is a business to this. <laughs> and that's when I built the Jerome Joseph. I wasn't a doctor. I didn't have my, my doctorate then, but the Jerome Joseph professional speaker brand. So I still, it's still what I love to do. It's branding. But now when I speak, I get paid. <laughs> hey, what an odd thing to do, right? It's like, wow, there's a value to this. And it is a multi-billion dollar company. And you don't realize how valuable that kind of messaging really is. Because if you're doing that in front of a corporation, if you're doing a sales kickoff or something to that effect, and yeah. they've already spent a lot of, of money and they, you know, they're a multi-billion dollar company. They want to still continue to, to make money. So you want to uh, invigorate the audience to, to yeah. embolden them with the task and they and something that's memorable. So you're memorable, not just that one, one speech for that organization, but it, it lives yeah. on. For, well, but you have to be good at what you do. You are Absolutely. a professional. We said you're one of the top in the world. How do you feel about that being one of the top speakers on the planet? Well, I mean, to, to clarify, it's, you know, I was ranked number two in the world, but it was more for my brand taught leadership. So not so much for, from the speaking, the, you know, not so much in there, though there was a component, a check that, that looked at speaking, but it's based on taught leadership. What you put out in the marketplace and the books that I've, I've written, um, the reach that I have, the global reach that I have. And that's why I'm ranked number two in the world as a brand taught leader. So it's not speaking per se, um, but I would like, I would like to say that I'm 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 happy with the standard that I'm at from a speaking from a speaking perspective. I can do a lot more. I feel it. I can get a lot better. I feel it. Um, but I'm very happy. I mean, I I get booked significantly globally for the work that I do. I know that every time I go and do a speech, you know, I get very good, very very good feedback. But speaking is is a craft, right? It's a craft, and just like you know, you play if you play sports, right? You got to be working in your game, and I'm always working on my game, speaking wise. Well, I tell you, you're speaking right now. You sound very eloquent to me, and I know that there's it's, it is a multi pronged thing. That as far as check marks, as far as you get how you get ranked, it's a lot of different uh, variables, like four or five yes. of those, and they add them up, and you come up to where you're at. But you're on a worldwide stage. And you are respected in the industry. So if somebody says, you know, you're in a corporate boardroom, it's like, well, you know what? You know, our brand is really, our numbers, I think we're losing our audience. Who do we get on the phone? 
And then if they, uh, maybe it was in the phone, everybody said, who do we see in the search? Because maybe that's what they do now. <laughs> and your name, your name is going to pop up. Your name is going to pop up, you know, and this is something that's happening planet, you know, across the world, you're global. You know, so they're, they're going to bring you in. They're going to talk to you and you, now here's my question that I have. When you're thinking through and working with a, a corporation or a company and they want you to do, maybe it's a rebrand for them. Do you go through a process within yourself, a pro, a visualization, like how you have must have some kind of knack or something. What are you doing to help them? Like, all right, I see where you're missing the mark. Are you going through a visualization within yourself and then you come back to them with a, a, a change and an idea? We, so, you know, you know I, I shared about the formula, right? So for me, everything is framework driven. So my, my business is always about formulas, about frameworks. But in branding, I have a framework. We have a, what we call the 5D framework. And the 5D framework is, is really a process that we take clients to. Now, of course, I've been doing this for a long time. When I go in and when I speak to an organization, in my head, I'm already doing the, the, the math. I'm doing the, the calculations. I kind of know what I need to do for them. But I still follow the process. So the process of the 5D framework is very simple. The first one is discover. I spend time looking at the marketplace, talking to them, talking to their customers, so that I have the right insight. Because it's one thing for me to feel something, but when you have data, when you have insight, it sets you up for everything else that you want to do. The second thing, the second D is called define. And here is where I, I really define the target audiences. I, I, I define where do you want to go, the end game. Then I go to the third stage, the third D, which is develop. And that's where I develop all the strategies that they need. I look at, and you, you, you mentioned this word purpose, right? So I help develop their purpose. I help develop their positioning. I, I help develop their, their messaging and how they want to be differentiated in the marketplace. That happens at this stage. Then I go to the fourth stage, which is the deliver. And that's where the tactical components come in. I, I look at deliver and I look at what brand assets do they need. What are things that they need to do to put their brand out there in the marketplace? And then the final stage is drive. And drive is where the brand trust formula comes in, it kicks in, is how do I build brand trust? How do I drive my brand? Be it through visibility online and digital channels, uh, be it through the kind of, of, of messaging that needs to be constantly campaigns that they need to put out there. So that's the final stage. So it's a, it's a framework. It is a framework. I, I, I tell you that what you just said, and I'm just listening. I love how you you just laid that out because I see so many people, individuals, companies, small business, large business. They started four. They started number four. I'm like, why are you putting yeah. stuff out? You haven't even done any defined work. You're just taking things out and just shooting things out in the air, hoping it sticks somewhere. Do you, do you see that a lot? It is. You know, when I when I, I mentioned this earlier when I started my career. So the the company that I work for, this was the problem. They went stage to stage four and stage five. And they did a they did a wonderful job creating beautiful brand assets, great videos, great campaigns. And then when it didn't work, even though it was stunning, they go, well, it's not our problem. The, the, the company has a shit product, pardon my language. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's it's not the case because you without without the data, without the insight, without the brand roadmap, everything that you do is going to be aimless so you need the strategy because the strategy 
gives you aim, gives you direction. And then when you do the tactics, you now have the ability to be very strategic in everything that you do. Like, for example, I had a client that came up to me. And I mean, I we do we work with organizations, but we also work with personal brands. So this is a financial service director, right? He sells um financial plans. And I'm working on, I'm I'm working on his personal brand. And he came up to me, he goes, Jerome, I need to get on TikTok. I want to do TikTok, right? Because everyone's on TikTok. And and I go, okay, what do you want to do? And he starts showing me this dance. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's sit down, let's talk. And I took him through the process. At the end of it, he came to a realization that his audience was not on TikTok. Wow, yes. <laughs> they won, right? Because I, I took him through. But if I had started off by saying, no, don't go TikTok. It's not going to listen to me. I had to show him. I had to show him the path. Had to show him the realization TikTok. within his own uh, state of mind. Yeah, and he was willing to spend a lot of money on TikTok, right? And I said, and he, he gets it. And when he when he finally gets it, he realizes that's not the channel that I need to look at. And he looks at and based on the data and the research, he realized that Facebook, LinkedIn, and in person were the three key strategies. Uh, and of course, the fourth one was actually his, his direct marketing through the emails strategy that he had. These were the four channels that he was going to put all his money and all his attention to. I had just saved him, this guy, hundreds of thousand dollars because he was going to spend ads on TikTok and by the way, Instagram as well because he thought they were also on Instagram. But they were not. And that's the point that I'm trying to make. My job as a consultant is to provide you with a pathway, give you advice, and tell you what's best for your brand, just like any doctor would do. Yeah. yeah. If we self-medicate... <laughs> that's what's happening with organizations so many you've got a lot of patients out here let me tell you because i see it all the time when i get people asking me the same type of thing they said okay let's build a logo right now like whoa you know that's you could get a logo if that's all you want you go to you know fiber or something like that you want eight you want some piece of art all right then that's what you that's what you want to do but from branding especially with personal brand i love personal branding is that What I do a lot is a a vision board, right? And I take them through a four-step process that really takes them back to their child. I have got to get them to to get back into that imaginative state. When your imagination was free-flowing, when you were a child, if you can step back into that world, you can say anything was possible. You can set a young child down just about in any environment, it doesn't matter what, and they will find something to play with. They will begin to use their imagination to kind of create a world of experience for themselves. And a lot of times we have to take our uh, clients back to that type of state of mind, state of consciousness, right, in order to free them from the present, the status quo, what they think and they're they're seeing is like, no, no, let's step back, right? And then start to see yourself in these constructs as you walk walk through those things. And like you said, yes. bring in, now bring in the business or your audience. Where is your audience at in this whole type of uh, experience? And is that relevant? And you can find out a lot of different things by, by doing that. So I do appreciate that. We're getting to the end of our podcast. But before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, I know you've got some things coming up. You've got some things that you're doing, what I think is awesome. And we're going to talk about that. But I want you to say one more thing. I want you to talk to the, there's a ton of people out there doing branding. It's a lot of noise out there with marketing. What would you say to that person starting out? Maybe they got a year, 
two years under their belt. They're trying to get to those four levels you talked about. They don't have credibility right now. They don't have that that audience. They don't have that body of work to to lean on. What advice would you give them to give them a good running start at being successful? So who is this for? Is this someone who wants to get a career in branding or someone who who wants to get? Yes. Hmm. Well, so I'll tell you something that I did. I mean, and maybe you can take inspiration from that, right? I mean, one of the things that I did was, um, okay, so this is interesting, right? I, I went and I bought every book on the topic. I, when I first started, and this was even when I was in university, I went and bought every book and I read every single book in the topic. So if you mentioned the book, I would have read the book because I wanted to know how to measure my own knowledge versus the best in the world. But I still wasn't happy with that. So what I did is I went to pick who I thought were the best three persons in branding in the world. And I hunted them down. And I said, can I meet with you? Can I learn from you? Can I mentor with you? Um, all three, no, sorry, two said no. <laughs> but they said, we have a public event you can come and attend. So I paid a lot of money, borrowed money, but because I didn't have money then. And when I sat down, took notes, and just kept sending emails, trying to get as much knowledge as I could from, from this, because I took them as my mentors, even though I don't think they saw me as a mentee, but I wanted to learn. The third person said to me, um, she said to me, and she was really good at what she did. She goes, well, if you are willing to pay me, I will coach you to be the best in the world when it comes to this topic. And I go, how much? And it was a lot of money. And I did it. I borrowed the money. I didn't have the money. I borrowed the money to learn because knowledge, um, you know, I was, I was checking out your profile grant. And I saw the post that you made about the LinkedIn learning that you went. We didn't have LinkedIn learning back then, but I wanted to learn. I was hungry for that. So the first thing is you build your own knowledge. Number two, learn from the best around you because that's the way. And if you have to spend that money, spend that money because it's going to come back. You know, for me, whatever I spent, I got back in, in millions of dollars, to be completely honest, because I learned so much. And that kind of accelerated my 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 own knowledge being learning from the best in the world so that's the second thing and and the third thing is is really work on your own thought leadership so the the problem is we tend to look around the world and go i need to copy that i need to copy that and it's it's not there's nothing wrong in learning about what's happening around the world but you need to have your own thought leadership because that's valuable and that's what people want to pay they don't want to pay someone else's knowledge they want to pay your knowledge and that's what need, you need to define, that your own thought leadership, your own voice, your own message. And that comes from the way you tell the stories, your frameworks. If you notice, I, you mentioned my story. It's, it's my stories. It's my framework. Yeah. Right? It's, it's mine. I mean, I created, I, I put in the effort and the time building this. That's what I would advise. Oh, man, the intellectual property, uh, what you, you, you've put, like I said, what you, you invested in, you got back. I don't know, maybe a hundredfold. Right? Yeah. Uh, but you have the passion, number one. You, see, you know, this is worth the investment. This is worth the time. And you had somebody that was willing to coach you and you were coachable. And then you and you learn. I think that's wonderful. Uh, I'll be uh, sending you a request for how much. So how much? Give me an hour. How much is that? <laughs> that? That would be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. This has been great. But I do want you to tell us what you've got coming up on the slate, so our audience can tune in. If you've got any new books, you're going to be speaking anywhere. Things that are important to you that for before we round out 2022. 
Well, you know what's coming up is my new book on personal branding. So I wrote the book in 2007. It was, you know, my book is called Turn Me On. Turn out to, you know, it's a growing your personal brand. When I wrote it in 2007, there was no Facebook. <laughs> there was like, you know, I in my book. So I was one of the first few people in the world to write on the topic of personal brand. Yeah. I think I was the third person to write on the topic yeah. in 2007. Now I've looked at my book and I go, oh my goodness, it, it is so outdated. So what I've done is I, I've rewritten it. I'm, in fact, today I've got a meeting with my editor just going through some of the components of the book. So I've rewritten the book and it's turned me on, but building your brand, your brand in the digital age. And it's and I'm excited. It's gonna it's gonna come out next year, a first quarter of next year. I'm super excited. So please, please look out for this. Please follow me on LinkedIn, YouTube channels. I would love for you to follow me there. And that's it. I mean, I'm I'm here, Grant. And I'll tell you why I'm here. Right, I'm here because I love your brand. Thank I, you. I when you when when we was we started chatting on LinkedIn, we we connected. I checked you out and I go, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. And that's why it's been an honor to be part of this podcast because um, number one, I love to connect with you because I think I think you're a star. And number two, it's you know for me, I want to give back, right? So this is this is moments like this where I meet with a fellow professional and we sit down and we talk and we provide value to the world. Yes, and that's yeah. that's really my whole purpose and my whole mission. Well, you you you're right on point with your mission. You've been very successful. And thank you very much for sharing the knowledge, the points. Can't wait for that book to come. I remember 2000, yeah, personal branding is like just, I think it's, like I said earlier, it's really starting to, people are starting to understand that you're not the title in your company. Because if you lose that title, let's just say, then who are you? Who are you? And they're starting to realize I haven't, I do, I, I have a brand. I know who I, I know who I am, but I haven't articulated it and I haven't put it out there. I haven't digitized it. You're more than just a resume. You're more than just a CV and a bio. That doesn't tell the story. So many more uh, interviews are now taking place over video because they're like, you know what? Let's set that information to the side. I can read that. I can read that on your LinkedIn. Tell me who you are. Yeah as a person and why this is important to you. That's what I want to know. If you're going to hire somebody, those are the things you don't want to know. So I think that's great. So your LinkedIn is Dr. Jerome Joseph. That's on LinkedIn. Your website, is that Dr. Joseph? Uh, It's uh, jeromejoseph.com. Jeromejoseph.com. So I encourage everybody, everybody to look you up. This has been Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Thank you again for being a guest on Follow the Brand. And we'll definitely see you again. I encourage your audience. And I wanted to say this. This is one of the things, before I forgot, I had to say this. Do you come to the United States and have speaking engagements? I I do. So the, the last time, I, I used to go about four or five times a year, right? So I speak at conferences. So I run full day facilitated brand strategy sessions for organizations. So I, I do. But it's been a long time. <laughs> we got to get you back. We got to get you back. We have a lot of organizations here. This is a great time. We're going to find out what does it take to get, bring you over a crowd. I know it's a long way, so we're going to make it worth your while and not just have one location, but love for you to come to Miami, 
take you out to Atlanta, go out to Vegas. And before you go back to Singapore, maybe, you know, go through Los Angeles. But you got to make that swing to the United States because you are phenomenal, Dr. Joseph. Thank you so much, Grant. Love Thank to you. have you here. And I encourage your audience to tune into all the episodes and follow the brand at www.5starbdm. And that is B for brand, D for development, and infomasters.com. Thank you very much.